So there are eight strategies I'm going to give you to help you survive in a relationship with a narcissist. And I should know because I survived one. You've tuned in to When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime podcast. I'm Dr. Linda F. Williams. I take survivors of abuse and trauma from pain to purpose so that you take back your power, tap into the truth of who you are, and live your best life now. Strategy five, set clear boundaries. There's no social governor on these people's mind. For instance, you or I could walk into a social setting and automatically know what's appropriate and what's inappropriate in that setting. And generally, we will honor those boundaries by default. It's stuff that we learn from our empathetic sides, be it in social situations, just respecting other people. The narcissist doesn't have that in their head. They don't have that in their heads, okay? They, 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 they're incapable of that. So they're not able to respect those boundaries. So when it comes to dealing with them, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to cause them to respect your personal boundaries. I'm saying they're going to be incapable. Unless it means something to them and it's going to benefit them, they're not likely to do that. That's it. It's still important for you to tell them what you will and won't tolerate. But like me, this is the deal. You got to figure out how you're going to do that without constantly repeating yourself to no avail. I'm saying in this situation, you're going to have to figure out what are your boundaries and what are you going to do if it's crossed? That's, you know, we can throw out boundaries to a joker all day long. But what are you going to do if they cross that boundary? This is what you have to figure out because it's going to come down to this. These jokers can't even hear this buzzing in their heads because they're not used to respecting anybody's boundaries. But every time you repeat yourself with respect to drawing lines in any relationship, narcissistic or otherwise, every time you repeat the same old thing, you are weakening your position, period, okay? And if you're constantly saying the same thing over and over again to this joker and they are not showing you any evident change, then you need to be ready to decide what are you going to do? See, I don't believe in my religion. It's just me. It's just me, okay? I don't do the whole ultimatum thing, okay? You do this or I'm going to that. Why? Because I learned early on from, from be, telling an abusive person what my plans were, I learned early on that that wasn't the thing to do. It resulted in my being separated from my kids. I didn't get to raise my kids, but that's another story for another time. Okay. It, 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 he ran off of my kids. If I'd have kept my mouth shut and just done what the heck I was going to do, I never would have had to go through those years of that trauma. Never. So in my personal life, I've learned 
I'm going to say it one time at the right time, and I'm done with it. I understand when I tell you it's me or you that you're going to get to make that decision. But this is the deal. I'm not going to say it again. So my narcissist, I told him one day about two years into the relationship, look, because it was gone through one inch, week long, sitting up sulking in the corner kind of crap, and that passive aggressive thing that I just disconnected myself from, I wasn't going to get drawn into that manipulation. I wasn't going to chase him around. I wasn't going to beg him to talk to him, to, to talk to me. So I just left it alone. And when he decided he wanted to come out of that funk, what was the first thing he heard from me? Look, this is the deal. It's going to be me or you. And when it comes down to my mental health, it's going to be me. And I left it at that. I wasn't angry at the time. I wasn't emotional at the time. It was a matter of fact type of thing. And it was a matter of fact. So that the day that I decided I was done with this crap, he was out of here that day. Now, he didn't wake up that morning knowing that anything was wrong. But see, I don't care if it was two years, three years, four years ago that I told you this crap. I told you this crap and you chose not to believe it. That's your bad. But I didn't. I don't do the nagging thing. I don't keep telling you nothing. When I had to leave another abusive relationship because the guy was holding a gun to my head for about 30 minutes one day and I decided oh no this ain't gonna fly what did I do I started packing my stuff and putting it in corners putting it in bags and everything and I started making my moves finding another place to live this was years ago he didn't know nothing he came home one day I had Totally moved out, and he didn't know where the heck I was. I learned the hard way. I don't keep telling you anything. I'm going to tell you one time. I'm going to tell you at the right time. I'm not going to be emotional telling you that, and you can believe it or not, but guess what? Next thing you know, I've acted on that, and you can't say, say that I didn't give you some warning. So if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, they're probably not going to get it, you can tell them once, I would say. I mean, if you want to keep repeating yourself, fine. I'm just saying from a communication standpoint and from a self-empowering standpoint, every time you say, stop it or I'm gonna, then every time you say that and you don't do whatever you claim you're gonna do, then you weaken your position. You just, it, 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 it. Another thing you have to do while you're dealing with these jokers is be prepared for the pushback. You're gonna get it. You're going to get it. They're going to call you names, minimize your feelings. They're going to start playing the victim. For somebody that's trying to be all grandiose, they are so good at playing the victim. They're going to claim you're oversensitive. They're going to be exploding anger. Okay, story time. I, I said I'm going to try to hold the stories till later, but this is story time. So the narcissistic fool that I just got to talking about, okay? So one day I would I went out and I was gonna go. I think I was gonna loan him some money or something. He needed to borrow some money. And so I said I was gonna go to the mall and take some things to the jeweler. And I decided I was gonna stop and get one of those hot pretzel thingies. Uh Aunt Millie's or something. I forget. I stopped there and got that. And then I went on and did what I was gonna do. I came back home. So when I got home, I was gonna give him my card to go borrow the money or whatever, get the money, whatever. And I didn't have it. So I figured out that I must have left that card 
where I got that hot pretzel. Now, this is what you have to understand. I don't leave my cards. A long time ago, I learned that I needed to take my time if I purchase something. Don't be rushing and just throwing things in my purse. I take my time. I put my card back. I put my receipt up and then I move on. So this was a very rare thing. And when I got home and told him that I had lost that card, this joker blew up. How you going to do that? I needed that money. And yada, 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 yada. Now, my thing was, okay, what? I'm doing you a favor and you berating me like I stole your card or I lost your card. Oh, I was too through that day, you guys. So here he was in a tizzy about something he wasn't talking to me about. I don't know what the heck his major malfunction was that day, but he had some damage that was going on with him. And I just decided, oh, this guy is not, this ain't working for me. I didn't even argue with him. I went my behind upstairs and tried to call them all to get the card. They had destroyed it because that's their process and everything. And this joker, I left him to Stuart. He probably didn't say another word to me for a week. Guess what? I was prepared for that pushback. And I had to deal with it. So I want you to understand when you're prepared for the pushback, it may not be easy for you at first to deal with the pushback. You might, he might be pushing those buttons. If you know your root of rejection or whatever it is you're dealing with from your traumatic past, but you have to sit in that and you cannot let them see you sweat. They're going to do everything they can to stab you and blame you for bleeding and you ain't going to like it. You're going to feel like you want to fight back. I'm just saying this ain't going to be no easy win. Strategy six, choose your battles. Choose your battle because you're going to have many battles and many opportunities to go off on these jokers, okay? But one of the things you have got to do, as difficult as it might be, is you're going to have to decide which battles you're going to fight because you're going to need a break from the battleground sometimes. And stuff, some stuff you're going to just have to let slide, even if it's just to bide your time to get out of that relationship. Now, while you're sitting in that, this is what is going to be hard to do. You're going. It's going to be difficult not to justify, explain, defend yourself. Okay? They don't want to understand you. They're more interested in winning this argument than solving a problem. So you're going to have to choose your battles. You're going to be so tempted to give them the upper hand and to go down fighting, but you got to let it go for your own sanity because every time you allow them to engage you in these arguments, some of which will be made up on purpose, the more you're feeding the narcissistic monster. you got to starve that monster out, period. Strategy seven, learn who you are and stick to it. And this is the problem with us as trauma survivors. We don't know who we are a lot of times. It takes walking through a long process of healing to get back in touch with who we truly are. And some kind of way, narcissists, they glom onto that in our personalities and they use it as a basis for manipulation. So instead of allowing them to draw us into these self-soothing dynamics of manipulation 
and 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 putting us down that we need to withdraw from that and focus on what's necessary for us to understand and embrace our own selves because as long as we are not standing on the solid ground of who we are and embracing that and appreciating that ourselves, then we will never be able to withstand the blowback from a narcissist. Number eight, and this is the most important one, and I had to do this myself, get a good therapist. Get a good therapist. And the focus of therapy is not going to be about this joker who you cannot control. It's going to be all about what you can do in order to empower yourself in the face of all the disempowerment that slaps you in the face when you're with a narcissist. A therapist will even be able to give you some powerful tools for soothing yourself and being able to separate yourself from the manipulation. Because like I said, every time we allow ourselves to be manipulated, we're feeding the narcissistic monster. Story time. I went on this dating site, which shall remain nameless, but I'll tell you that you fill out these long questionnaires. It might take you days to fill them out. And then if you get a match, then they allow you to communicate through their questionnaire. You know, you pop their question to them. They pop a list of pre-created questions to you. And they encourage you to stay on the platform as you communicate and take it slowly. Well, I got this match, and the guy seemed great, okay? And we talked on the phone way too soon. I'm just admitting this. I, we should have kept that communication right there on that platform. At some time during their go, our talking, though, this guy, and this, is, this, this should have been my warning sign number one of manipulation. He told me that he was... He was talking to another girl in Florida and that, you know, as he talked to me that I was pulling in first ahead of her. Now, this triggered something in my ego. I mean, straight up, let, let's just be real. I'm just going to be real with y'all because there's no time to play. And I remember something went off in me, which engaged me with him further because I wanted to be number one. See, and that fed my ego. So the other thing is he had driven to Charlotte to see a friend and as he was drawing, calling me in the car on his way there, he was talking about how this friend had met a girl and they were yada, yada, yada. And then he told me then he was relating our relationship like that, talking about that he uh, calling me his girl and trying to claim he loved me. I was in the love bombing phase. I fell for the crap. It struck something. I was being manipulated. Yep, that fed something else in my ego. Because I got this root of rejection thing going on. But you get to know me better. But th that thing. So he came here. And uh, I thought he was coming from a big visit. But he had a bunch of junk packed in his car that he unloaded here. And then he wound up being here. Now he kept his place in New York. This guy... I gave him my car, went to work, said this, the car needs fixing. So I thought he was taking my car to the dealer to have it fixed. End of the day, this joker done turned my car in and bought a dadgum Jaguar, claiming it's mine. Now, I know something wrong. Red flag, another red flag. So 
instead of putting my plates on that car, he wanted to put his plates on the car, and he put his own decorate, some military hat in the back of the car. Now, it's supposed to be my car, but no, he won't put my plates on. That should have been a warning sign. Another warning sign. We were out at a, one of my conferences, and, and we had this little argument, and this guy shut down on me. I mean, he wouldn't speak to me. He wouldn't say anything to me. He just was sulking and everything and wouldn't even tell me what the heck I said. Long story short, I didn't say what he thought I said. And after days of me letting this joker sulk, and I'm talking about well over a week, he finally understood that, no, I didn't say that. He'd have heard something completely different. That should have been my warning sign. So here we are two, three years into this relationship, and I am constantly having to disengage with his crap. I mean, this joke got so bad that he used to love to barbecue. So when he got the behind over whatever, and I wasn't engaged in that crap, then he, he would cook for himself and not for me, right? He wouldn't even take out the garbage, just little stuff like just... Crap. Long story short, the straw that broke the camel's back is, and this is kind of adult here, I'll try to clean it up. So he wanted to use a certain lubrication, which I told him no, because that gives me that makes me sick. You can't use that lubrication because I'll get an uh um a yeast infection or whatever. And again, just wouldn't listen to me, so he used it anyway. Y'all, I got so sick. I got so sick, I wound up with a urinary tract infection that had me bleeding. And so I called the doctor and she called in to the pharmacy, whatever you take for a urinary tract infection. I'm bleeding, I'm showing him the blood in, in the toilet and asked him, would he go get the medicine for me because I couldn't make it there without having to stop to go to the bathroom. That joker told me no, and we're back in the room watching his game, okay? Less than a week earlier, his grown butt sister was having some kind of wrist surgery, and he was all over social media asking for prayers. But his girlfriend at his own hand is bleeding, and he won't get to that. I was too freaking through, Okay? But that's a narcissist for you. That's a freaking narcissist. This guy, when I met him, he was just love bombing. Took me to Vegas, okay? I didn't have to pay a dime out my pocket. Plane tickets or nothing. I mean, bought me this watch for, for Valentine's Day, which was like in that first year that we were together. Bracelet, I got it in uh, Vegas. All on him. I mean, this joker told me he paid a thousand dollars for this daggum Gucci watch. It's made of gun metal. It's like, okay, whatever. Yo, behind. I'm aware though. <laughs> okay, okay. Just, just love bombing me. And then I noticed multiple personalities. One little personality was like a little boy. He had his hands in his pocket, just adoring and everything. And then there was another one who was the, the guy that was the love bomber. And then there was that other one. He was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Three different personalities I identified in this joker. Anyway... Woke up one day, he said the wrong thing, 
I enacted what I told him. It's going to be me or you. And I decided it was me. I went to throwing suits out the closet. Told him, pack his crap, get out of my house. And by the end of the day, that joker was gone. You hear me? That was over eight freaking years ago. And in the middle of all of that, I almost had a nervous breakdown. That would have been what? Nervous breakdown number three in my freaking life. Always over some joker. I got me a therapist too. Great therapist. I'm telling you, this woman, I had gone to her once before. And it would always take one session. One session. Okay. And it's just something about this woman. I went to her in fact, I had made an appointment to check into Pine Rest because I was at the end of my rope for trying not to engage with his narcissism. Thanks to my sister, she was just so sweet. She came and saw me and it was just great. It just turned to everything. I canceled that self, you know, institutionalization got rid of his butt and it's, I, it's been healing ever since I spent a lot of time this was when I was really into writing my book because you know seven years I wrote that book and in the middle of being in a relationship with him I think I was in a relationship with this narcissist for four freaking years I don't want y'all think I got it all together and with you know because uh, I got Degrees on the wall. I'm Dr. Linda. I've done some stupid crap. So when I'm talking to you about what it takes to survive a narcissist, it's because I have been there. And I know what an emotional drain it is. And I know what it takes to disengage with feeding that monster. Anyway, that's my story time for today. I hope you got something out of this. I'm just doing this through this together the last minute because it's been on my mind to talk to y'all about the narcissist experience I had. I'm sure you'll hear more of it later. Always remember your greatest power is realizing the truth of who you are. Know that truth. Thank you for joining me today on When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime Podcast. Schedule your free breakthrough session now at lindafwilliams.com. That's lindafwilliams.com.